Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everyone? Happy Friday night. We got a football game to talk about in a couple of nights here. That's right. Another night game for your Buffalo Bills. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast. I'm your host, Matt Perino, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Talbot. And tonight we have an expat that's coming in to to help us preview this show. Jenna Harner, formerly of uh, WIVB, uh, now in Pittsburgh. Help me out. I forgot already. WPXI, WPXI in, in Pittsburgh. I can't, I can, I can hardly remember what I did this morning. So it's, it's, it's tough. Out here. And I was telling Ryan before the show. I mean, we're getting towards like you know the end of the season and and that kind of lull that sets in. And but the difference is this year the Bills are actually really, really good. So it's like the intensity is getting ratcheted up and ratcheted up. So it, it's a crazy world, and, and it's a crazy world for you too. I mean. I've seen you out there covering everything Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, your stuff's been taken off. You're killing it. So how has it been since you've transitioned from, you know, covering, you know, Buffalo sports teams to now in Pittsburgh covering the Steelers? Oh, I miss Buffalo a ton. I miss, I always say, I keep saying I miss everybody. I really do. I miss covering these Buffalo teams, but it's been, it's been awesome. And it's kind of been cool to see the similarities, especially between like the Steelers organization and the Bills organization and the way, you know, the coaches hold themselves, the way that the teams carry themselves. It's been, it's been awesome. It's been crazy and wild, especially in this COVID environment, as you guys know, you know, we're all covering sports in ways that I don't think we ever thought we would, but you know, Hey, we're a, uh, we're, we're making making things work, right? Yeah, without a doubt. And premier game on Sunday Night Football. The Pittsburgh Steelers, one loss. The Bills only have three losses on the year. Uh, Pittsburgh, though, coming off of their first loss of the season against the Washington football team. Is this defense still elite following the losses of Bud Dupree? And now knowing that they're not going to have Joe Hayden on Sunday Night Football. 
Yeah, I think that this defense definitely looks a lot different than it did at the start of this season. And they kind of continuously talk about, you know, this next man up mentality where it's like, okay, you know, Devin Bush went out. Here comes Robert Spillane. Okay, now Robert Spillane's out. Here comes Avery Williamson. And, you know, the loss of Dupree is definitely really tough. Um, the loss of Hayden kind of pretty significant. They also won't have Vince Williams because he was put on the COVID list. So especially coming into this game, this is kind of like the last thing that you would would have wanted for this Steelers defense to happen um but at the same time I mean again they have those playmakers they're getting Steven Nelson back TJ Watt is TJ Watt that defensive front is that defensive front um and Alex Highsmith the rookie that's kind of stepped in for Dupree has been pretty exciting to watch I mean he again TJ Watt when we were talking to him was kind of telling us you know it's different just in the way that I have to communicate with him versus the way I had to communicate with Bud but he's been receiving so much high pressure praise um for everything which has just been kind of kind of awesome to see but yeah it's they you know they're suffering some big hits kind of coming into this week so this defense isn't entirely what they've looked like all season long but they're definitely still still a legit threat especially with that defensive front and with what tj watt can do we've seen him you know make splashes this season i think aaron donald overtook him for uh the league leading sacks as of last night but he's right up there and I'm curious, like, what's coming out of the virtual locker room this week as the as the Pittsburgh Steelers try to prepare for this all of a sudden high-octane Bills offense, which is ranked number three uh, passing offense in the NFL coming into this game. What are their kind of plans to stop them? Have, have they given uh, any uh, little, little tidbits with their plan? They have spoke – so highly of the Bills, which I know a lot of Bills fans are kind of like, okay, this is really cool to hear as it should be. It's so well-deserved with what this Bills team has been able to do this season. You know, I mean, we heard from Ben Roethlisberger earlier in the week saying Josh Allen's an MVP candidate. You know, Cam Hayward gave really, really high praise to Josh Allen too. They all really talked about, you know, the guys we talked on defense really talked about what Stephon Diggs has done to this offense to really elevate that game. And I mean, again, they, they knew how close of a game it was last year. And the defense, I think, it's funny. We asked, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Cam Hayward. I asked him, you know, what, what's been different about this game this year versus this game last year. And he was, you know, still there. It's still salty to the Steelers a little bit that though, um, the way that they lost that game last time and granted, obviously totally different personnel and things along those lines, you know, different teams in that sense too, but they're they're you know, that they still kind of have the bills number in this sense. So they're, they're pumped up about it. And I think, as much as they're not going to say it, this loss kind of really, you know, was one of those, okay, we, you know, it was coming at some point type thing, just because of the last couple of weeks, they have not been playing up to their strength that we've seen them play earlier this season, but they're, uh, they're fired up for sure. And they're excited. You know, they call this the five-star matchup, the marquee matchups that Mike Tomlin always talks about. So that's one that, uh, one that they've been talking about for a while and they're really pumped about it. So, so what's been going on with this offense? It seems like they're not clicking as much as they were a few weeks ago. Ben Roethlisberger and the receivers, a lot of drop passes. Uh, what is causing the struggles in your opinion? Honestly, I think it's the drop passes are a huge part of it. And they're, you know, the last two weeks, we really haven't seen this offense stay on the field and put together those extended drives that we saw, you know, in the Titans game, in the first Ravens game. We saw a lot of, or, you know, the Browns game, the Bengals game. We saw them do those things really well. And you see this offense kind of clicking on all cylinders in the last couple of weeks. They haven't really had that. They've, you know, really been, there's been a lot of, you know, three and outs in short field situations. And I mean, they were even, it was 
first and goal from the one against Washington and they weren't able to complete there. And Mike Tomlin said, you know, if we don't do that, we're, we shouldn't even, you know, win, we don't deserve to win the football game. So that I think coupled a little bit with their quote unquote run game struggles because they haven't really needed it. And I think James Connor being out the last week has kind of been a big part of that as well. Um, or the last two weeks, but that, you know, they, the receivers, I think it's been like 15 drop passes in the last two games. I mean, wow. You're not going to stay on the field if that happens. Um, and you, you, brought, know, you brought the drops with you to Pittsburgh because that was the story of the last couple of years in Buffalo. Uh, and, and part of the reason why I think Josh Allen struggled so much early. But, you know, that's funny. But I, I still think, though, that the talent there, especially at the receiver position, is so high that if they're on one day, one day, one Sunday, I mean, watch out. This offense is still pretty potent. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because they don't like, of course they have so many quote unquote go-to guys, but all of their guys can really be looked at as go-to guys from, you know, Claypool to Juju to James Washington to Deontay when he gets hot, like even Eric Ebron. I mean, again, if Ebron and Deontay Johnson catch the ball and don't drop things unlike the way that they've been doing, you know, the last two weeks, I think, you know, you'll see a lot of explosion from this offense. And that's something that they haven't had the last couple of weeks. So a couple of returns, you mentioned um, James Conner and, you know, that's a, a an area where I think that the, the Pittsburgh Steelers would likely look to exploit the Bills. I mean, you look at some of their, you know, defensive blunders over the course of this season and the run game for the opposing offense has had some success. Now, I feel like they've they're getting healthier. The Bills are getting healthier on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that they they're they're much more equipped to stop the run. But getting James Conner back, I feel like is a big shot in the arm for a Pittsburgh offense that. You know, Benny Snell, I have him on a couple of my fantasy teams. And, you know, the opportunity that he's gotten the last couple of weeks, he really hasn't earned any trust from the general manager. In fact, I think I've released him in a couple of weeks. But what what is the bigger uh, returning player on the offense, Connor or getting a back on Marcus Pouncey at the, at the center position? I think I got to go with Pouncey on this one only because of the timing. I think that's been a big thing for Ben is just hearing, you know, obviously he gave such praise to Hassenauer for what he's been doing and things along those lines. But he was saying, you know, it was funny I, against Washington. There was one of those false start penalties where it was everybody but the center and everybody in the press box just kind of chuckled a little bit. Um, but the timing was a little bit off. There were a couple high snaps, nothing catastrophic by any means, but Pouncey and Ben just have that relationship and have played with each other for so many years that they know exactly each other's timing. They just kind of have that rhythm. But again, Connor is a huge addition and coming back in to this running game that has, again, they're kind of, they're short passing game has kind of substituted for that run game with those slants and things along those lines. That's what really been something that's been solid for them when it's been working. But again, when it hasn't been working and they've needed to go to the run game, they haven't been able to do that. And so having Connor back in there, I think it also goes with like play calling too, with um, stuff from offense coordinator, Randy Finkner, just kind of setting them up in better situations. And again, I don't have that area of expertise to be like, Oh, it is entirely a great situation or is it? But, <laughs> Um, you know, I think just if Connor can get going, we've seen him have a couple games where he's gone over hundred yards this season. You know, if he can get going, especially against this bills team, that, that might be an area of weakness. I think that could be a way they exploit things as well. But I think the same could be said for Buffalo with the status of, uh, Pittsburgh's, uh, inside linebacking court right now. You know, you, you mentioned some of the many talented wide receivers on this Pittsburgh Steelers roster, which receiver is the worst matchup for the Bills secondary? It's funny because I would have said Juju, 
before like week two or three, but it's gotta be Chase Claypool. I mean, he's so much bigger than people realize. He almost has the build of a tight end. He's, you know, that huge, huge prospect, but I was, uh, I'm just trying to remember, I've been chatting with Buffalo people all week, but I was telling people too, um, you know, he is good for at least he can draw, he's drawn multiple defensive pass interference calls this year, but he's really, really good at doing that and just finding, you know, ways to make, himself as open as possible, but then he'll get those calls. He's good for at least one of those a game. So I, I was telling, you know, as people were saying, you know, oh, Levi Wallace, I'm like, oh no. So just like, if that is a matchup, <laughs> potentially see that, but he, he just is so big and he, he's the guy that's kind of been getting those deep balls from Ben this season. Juju has been really used on those third down situations because he's been making those plays every time, but he's been able to extend a lot of plays too. Like he'll need, you know, he'll be close. He'll need two yards, but he'll get you three or four on those, you know, third and short third and, you know, medium distance situations. So I, I got to go with Claypool, but definitely, obviously Juju's a guy to keep an eye on. And James Washington, if he gets targeted more, he's been fantastic as well in the last couple games too. Well, you're, you're preaching to the Chase Claypool fan club here. Mr. Ryan Talbot is a huge Notre Dame fan and was on the Claypool train long before most uh, watched them all last season. And, you know, he's, he's somebody that I think the, the bills um, probably when I was in um, uh, Indianapolis, right before COVID ruined all of our worlds. Um, one of the things that I heard kind of uh, the scuttlebutt was that the Bills really did like Claypool and what they saw from him in Indianapolis. And he's gone on to be everything that I think a lot of his fans thought uh, he can be. So to your point, yeah, definitely something of interest to watch. Before I let you get out of here, um, it's funny. The last time I think we were together was uh, the kickball tournament. Uh, it was me, you, and John Scott representing the media team we didn't win a game, and I will blame it all on John Scott. I think that that's accurate, right? Or Lee Adrian Waddle, he didn't really bring it either. I got to say, he wasn't he wasn't great. No, LA didn't bring it. I'm disappointed. I'm thoroughly disappointed. And we got some Duff's chicken wings right after. They were amazing, and I told you my wife brought some some Duff's wings, and I got two wings in, and I had to come do the show. So I'm going to be excited to get back up to those wings in a minute. But give us your prediction before you get out of here. Oh, well, this has been a tough game. And it's funny because I've been, you know, in the weeks leading up to this, if, if take out the past two weeks, if this was after the Titans game where they won the first Ravens game where they came back, the bill, uh, the Browns game, the Bengals game, I would have said, you know, this is a really good matchup. These two teams are at the top of their divisions. They're both, you know, two of the top teams in the AFC battling against each other, Sunday night football, really good defenses, but also explosive offenses. I probably would have said that the Steelers just come out on top in like a three point game, but it's been so hard. And I joke, I'm like Pittsburgh fans. I'm like, please don't hate me. for this. But I just, with the way the bills have been playing, I have to go the bills. I still think it's a close game. I think it's a three point game. I'm going 27, 24, but just the losses that the Steelers have suffered on defense this week, the fact that Spillane's out, the fact that Hayden's out, the fact that Vince Williams out, um, they're going to really ask a lot of Avery Williamson, who's still kind of learning this system. I, I just think the bills, 
offense is just looking a little bit better right now. If you look at even just the two offenses, but um, I think it's a close one. So 27, 24 bills. And I, there's no, I joke. I'm like, there's no right answer here. Cause no matter what, somebody's going to be mad, but uh, it's, I'm so excited for this game. This has been, you know, this should be a fantastic matchup. If the Steelers offense can kind of get back to um, what they were doing kind of earlier in the season before these last couple weeks here. It's going to be an awesome game. Uh, Jenna Harner, you know I've always been a fan of yours. You are killing it out in Pittsburgh. Keep killing it. Uh, we're proud of you. We obviously all miss you. And I was joking, too, at the beginning of the show, I'm uh, Buffalo Kickoff Live. I'm on it uh, every Sunday now with uh, with our guy, Josh Reed. And, uh, you know, they always talk about how much they miss you, too. So you're doing great stuff out there. Oh, thanks. I miss you guys. Keep killing it too. You guys are crushing it. So, well, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see every, you know, good things out of this weekend, no matter who comes out on top here. There it is. The, the political answer. Very nice. Miss Harner. Have a great uh, weekend and enjoy the game. Thanks. You guys too. Bye-bye. Ready for football? Tops with ready-to-serve fan favorites everyone will cheer for. Delicious family or party packs like pizza, sliders, fried chicken, barbecue, or beef on whack. Starting at only $4 per serving. Perfect for game day and any day. Only at Tops. All right, Ryan Talbot, for those that are just joining us, the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast is live uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It'll be on all the audio platforms after the show. Um, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, subscribe, rate, and review there. It really helps us out. You know, as we look into, you know, this, this game a little bit deeper, Ryan, what, what do you think is a matchup that's, that's kind of standing out that can kind of maybe di dictate or determine uh, the outcome in this one? I think it's the Bills run game, believe it or not. And I know the offense is clicking in all cylinders and I don't want to see the Bills go away from the pass game too much. But I think with those inside linebacker injuries, considering it's going to be Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen uh, playing inside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Seals, I think you got to try to get that run game going. And, you know, you're obviously going to give Devin Singletary a steady workload. He was kind of the main back uh, last week after the Zach Moss fumble. But I think Zach Moss might come into this game with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, be, you know, trying to prove the fact that, listen, I made a mistake last week, but it's not going to happen again. Uh, I can help this team come the rest of this regular season stretch, but also in the playoffs. So I, I think the run game is going to be a little more utilized than people expect. Maybe somewhat similar to that Pittsburgh or the uh, New England Patriots game, but maybe not that much. I still think you have to attack the cornerbacks with Joe Hayden out. I think you got to test it. You don't go away from what's brought you to the party, so to speak. But I, I think the run game actually could be what tips this in Buffalo's favor at the end of the night. You know, you look back on last year's game and, you know, to your point, Devin Singletary, 21 carries, 87 yards. They leaned on him. Uh, 4.1 a carry is not great, but it, you know, it it's something, especially considering how much this, this run game has struggled. But I also go back and look at Cole Beasley in that game. And he's somebody that you mentioned last week, and I think that he is a pivotal piece. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is in the mix here this week, um, this year uh, for this Bills offense, and the, his impact has been well-documented. But Beasley had six targets in that game, and he only caught one ball. The Steelers did a really good job neutralizing him, him last year, taking him out of the game. It was a game plan where you could tell going back and watching it that that was a stage of Josh's career where the trust – while I think that there was a level of confidence in him against a really good defense like Pittsburgh has with playmakers all across the defense, they they played it safe. They played it careful. They they threw it 25 times. You know, they they didn't want Josh to put it in the ball in jeopardy, if you will, 
a touchdown to interception. He only threw for a, a buck 30. I think that this is going to be a completely different complexion because of a game because on the other side of the ball, you don't have Duck Hodges this year. You have Ben Roethlisberger, all those weapons that Jenna was talking about. So I think they'll be able to do it. One big key to the game for me, Ryan, is getting what the Bills defense has done as they've kind of gotten in the second half of the year, this resurgence of this defense a little bit. They've done a great job of getting stops on third down. And this Steelers team has actually struggled a little bit. You know, they're down in the last three weeks, converting at about 40% on third down. I think they're a little bit closer to 50 for the season. If you can get them off the field on third down, you give Josh Allen and this offense more opportunities, more time um, to score points. And I think, the team that scores probably 25, 26, 27 points to Jenna's prediction probably wins this game. Yeah, I agree completely with that. I actually, believe it or not, have the same score prediction, which we'll get to here in a minute. Uh, I think it's going to not be as explosive with the 30, 35 points that we've seen from both of these teams at times this season, even more than that. Uh, Bill's defense is starting to click in the defensive front. Obviously, the linebackers are healthier than they have been all year. And, and then you still have three really strong pieces on in the back end there with uh, Trey White, with Micah Hyde, with Jordan Poyer. So, you know, the, right now, I think this defense is really starting to finally gel in all three phases. And, and that could really bode well for the Bills in this game as also as we get closer to the playoffs. I still don't think, even with Joe Hayden, that I think this could also be a game where Stephon Diggs plays well. Um, we saw uh, against San Francisco, he looked very comfortable, just absolutely breaking ankles, getting the separation that we've come kind of expected him to get. But I don't think it's about the offense because I think the offense has proven against the best defenses they've faced all year, they're going to produce on most nights. So I think the question then turns to the other side of the ball and the struggling Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And what do the Bills have to do to frustrate and, and, and limit this offense? And how do you see them getting pressure on Ben Roethlisberger? Is it with you know the continuation of what they've done the last few weeks where they've sent blitzers, whether it be A.J. Klein, Jermaine Edmonds, uh, maybe some uh, defensive backs? Or do you think that they might be able to have some success with their four-man rush? I, I'm not so sure. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get to Roethlisberger. He's been getting the ball out very quickly this year. I think your success is going to come on batted passes. That's something I saw Washington uh, have some success with. I think the team, as a team, they finished with uh, eight passes defense, and some of them had uh, we're just up front with those batted balls. And if you get you, you know a, a hand on one of those balls and it goes straight up in the air, that's how interceptions happen. That's how turnovers happen. Uh, as Jenna mentioned, drops have been a huge issue, and we're not just talking drops to the ground. We're talking those balls that bounce off the hands and go up in the air. So you have to win this turnover battle, and Pittsburgh's wide receivers are leaving the door open for that. And Roethlisberger, uh, you know, in terms of having his passes batted these last few weeks too, especially against Washington, it is leaving that door open. So if you can't get home, if you can't take Roethlisberger down, the next best thing you can do when you get in his face is get your arms up as he's releasing the ball because then good things can happen. Before we get to our prediction, I want to talk a little bit about Brandon Bean. Um, the Bills uh, made headlines yesterday uh, when they extended Brandon Bean. And that's something that, you know, it's been kind of on the back burner. Sean McDermott got his extension before the season. And, you know, as the weeks went on, uh, the, you know, some questions out there like, okay, when are they going to do Brandon Bean's extension? And it, it ended up lasting until December. 
Uh, they got it done. The, the two contracts run concurrently through the 2025 season. What does it mean to you, Ryan, that, that Brandon Bean's back and that, that he's for sure in the mix? I don't think that anybody had a question that he wasn't going to be, but what do you think this means like, looking into the future and what it says about the job that these two guys have done? Well, it just says these two have been on the same page since day one. Obviously, they had a prior relationship from their days together in Carolina, uh, but they work well together. And you can't say that for every GM and head coach combination in this league, whether they were brought in at the same time uh, or whether one was brought in after the other. These two work well together. There's arguments that, you know, th there's definitely times where they may not agree on things, but they talk it out. They, they hear each other's sides and then they find the best possible solution. We've seen some really good draft classes uh, in, uh, you know, from Brendan Bean since he has been the GM. Obviously, he wasn't the GM in that first draft where the Bills were able to get Trey White, Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins, but he's been able to come along and he was the reason they were able to get Trey. Uh, I'm sorry, Josh Allen. He's the reason they were able to trade up and get Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, we've seen some late round gems from him as well, just like this year's class alone, Gabriel Davis. You have Tyler Bass, you have Dane Jackson, a player that a lot of people are now beating the drum for in terms of let's give this guy a shot at number two cornerback based on those opportunities that we've seen. So you're getting a really good evaluator and you're getting someone who has done things the right way here. He said from year, you know, the second he took over, we're going to draft, we're going to develop, we're going to re-sign. He's been true to his word to this point. Yeah, he's, um, you know, I think that there's something to be said about the continuity there because whenever you hear Brandon Bean or Sean McDermott mentioned, you know, nationally or by, you know, experts or pundits, they're usually mentioned together. And I think that that has, you look at some of the uh, folks around the league uh, where, where maybe things haven't worked in certain situations and you can tell that there's kind of like a disjointed nature to the relationship. And, and Sean said, one of the things that he went out and did before he became a head coach was he studied that he studied the relationships between general managers and head coaches and where he's seen them splintered. And, you know, the, the cool thing about Buffalo, the whole infrastructure that's been built is that there's a really collaborative nature to all of it. And I think that that's one of the things that has helped really build um, this culture. I know everybody talks about culture, 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 but you have to have the working pieces within the culture. And if you're from a player's perspective, I mean, hearing from a couple of players today, Deion Dawkins, big baller bean, he was pretty excited to talk about the GM who obviously just took care of him. So he was probably glad that uh, he got his, uh, his, his deal. But um, no, I think it's, it's great news for Bill's fans that this regime is intact moving forward. You know, a couple storylines to look at in this game. We covered Levi Wallace a ton on the podcast, Bruce Nolan uh, from the Bruce, Bruce exclusive podcast on Wednesday. Go check that out. If you haven't seen it, this is a big game for him today. I th or this, this Sunday night. I mean, you, you mentioned Chase Claypool and James Washington and Deontay Johnson. There's a lot of playmakers and Levi Johnson is going to be, or Levi Wallace is going to be tasked with at least stopping one of them, depending on the scenario and the game plan, it could be multiple of, of those players, different kinds of skill sets. So this is a big game for him. I look for Matt Milano to have a bigger role in this game, Ryan. I mean, he, he played in a limited amount. I think by most accounts, he did a pretty good job, a little rusty um, going back and watching it. But as he gets healthier and as he starts to feel better, his impact, that could be huge in this game. 
Yeah, last week, you know, I, I I think you and I both thought we might see some more four three looks based on the 49ers run game, things like that. But I think you're you're gonna have to have that extra guy in the secondary. You're gonna go with two linebackers, and you want a linebacker that can cover really well, and that's where Matt Milano comes in. He can cover, uh, but you can also use him as a blitzer. He, he's a pretty solid tackler against the run. He does a little bit of everything. So last week, like you said, probably on a little bit of a pitch count to see how he felt after that game. Pass that test with flying colors. Now you bring him out there for a little bit more. You're going against a very pass-happy team, a team that kind of mirrors Buffalo's offense in terms of slinging the ball around quite a bit. So uh, I, I really do think you're going to see uh, an increased role for him, and you're going to see him maybe play one of his best games of the season. Three shows in five days, Ryan. We've just been grinding this week, bringing the content. We're so appreciative of all you guys joining us for this one. We'll be right back here. Monday morning, early Monday morning, Ryan's probably <laughs> sitting there right now looking forward to another late night edition of the Shop Football Podcast after Sunday night football. It's, you know, this is what happens when you when you're covering a good football team. It's 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 uh, you gotta go a little bit later into the night. Oh, absolutely. And then you know, obviously, then there's going to be that Saturday game against the Broncos, but then another primetime game against the Patriots. And if there's anything going on with the Dolphins by week 17. Maybe there's something there too. Who knows? Like you said, this is what happens when you cover a good football team. And I would rather be in this situation than some of these Bills teams that we saw in the past decade plus for sure. Yeah. So stick with us before we get out of here, we're going to give our prediction. Let's start with you, Ryan. How do you see this game playing out on Sunday night? I'm going to stick with the same score that Jenna had 27, 24 Bills, but I'm going to say in overtime, Tyler Bast is the hero. Ooh, Bassomatic. It's, it's a 50, 52 yarder to win it. There you go. I'm giving the yardage too. So he is the hero. He wins the game. Bill's defense forces stop and he gets that moment where, uh, you know, he's been clutch ever, ever since about week eight. But this is that moment where can this guy win us a game when the pressure's on? And he absolutely delivers. I like it. I'm going to go a little bit more low scoring. I, um, you know, the Bills won, what was it, 17-10 last year? I'm going to go 21-17 Bills. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down, you know, to the wire. I'm not sure if it will be um, something where, you know, there's a, it's a late game heroics type of situation. I, I My crystal ball is not that clear, but I do think it's going to be a close game. Um, look at Anthony John coming in here, Bills 34-17. He's got, he's got the offense coming in here and making another statement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I want to go a little bit more conservative. Bills win 21-17. We're going to be back. We are going to be back with a big show uh, after the Sunday night football game. Um, hopefully for all of your sakes, we're coming to talk about a win uh, for your Bills. Chris Williams, 31-13 for the Bills. A lot of confidence. Confidence is sky high right now. Maestro Shine on YouTube, 27-17 Buffalo. So a lot of good uh, uh, predictions here. We'll see how uh, it goes. Big, big, big fantasy matchups this weekend, Ryan. We got a couple of the media leagues. You're, uh, you kept Mr. Akers on the bench last night. You tweeted about it. How you feeling today? <laughs> I, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. I, I went back and forth. I'm like, Miles Sanders has done nothing for me all year. I thought, well, you know, Jalen Hurts is coming in. They might give him the ball a little bit more to try to get that offense going. And I had Akers, and I was ready to start him. I passed, and what a mistake. And then, of course, I'm going against the Rams defense in that league who just – blew out that uh, poor, poor Patriots offense. So I, I'm in three leagues. I'm in the playoffs in all three. Fingers crossed I can at least advance in one of them this week, but not a great start in our uh, media league 
for any, you know, at all. So we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. I'm feeling good. Like I'm about to drop the hammer on Nate Geary this week harder, you know, than Bob the Builder because <laughs> I'm just feeling good about my squad and I'm feeling good about how bad Nate's squad is. And he he's talking about <laughs> after just being atrocious. What was he? One in seven. One in he seven. Made, he made a late run. Congrats to that. I'm going on the um, Saturday uh, sports show on GR tomorrow so we can talk a little trash on the air. That'll be fun. Check that out. Uh, and then we'll be back Sunday. Um, just a ton of Bills football this weekend. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff over up over at the site. Go check out story I just posted. I watched an interview that uh, Jack Collinsworth did uh, ahead of Sunday Night Football with Josh Allen. Josh got really into some throwing mechanics talk, stuff that I had never heard before about what he did this offseason. They brought in some like um, uh, diagnostic uh, mapping, uh, throwing motion, uh, and um, cool stuff. I like got a video game to kind of like chart his throws and his throwing motion. And the way Josh was talking about it, he made it seem like it was like all the guys out at Jordan Palmer's camp. So probably Sam Darnold and some other guys. And they, they kind of looked into Josh's, um, mechanics and they realized that, you know, his, he wasn't turning his hip. It wasn't, um, his, his kind of arm was back stuff that we've seen, like the, how, how kind of stiff he was throwing the ball in his first two years. It really helped him. Go read that. I, I think it was uh, really illuminating. Yeah, outstanding piece. Go to NewYorkUpstate.com, Syracuse.com. Check out Matt's piece there. Uh, looking forward to seeing that interview on ahead of Sunday Night Football, I'm assuming. But it's going to be a great game. I, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. All right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Get your rest. We will see you on Sunday night. For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. This is Shout Bills Football Podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get it. We'll see you soon. Ready for football? With every game a home game, Chops is ready for you with its TV a day giveaway. For six weeks, every day you shop is a new chance to win a massive 70-inch 4K TV. Shop Tops for the best deals in town, in-store.